was crazy. And then they would go see their therapist. Yeah. And they would talk about, like, how they had been judged for being people who sang so high all their lives. Yeah. And they wore tracksuits. And they dumped people off boats occasionally. Yeah. Well, hi. Well, hey. Back in the, the closet, closet again. again. <laughs> we just sing everything. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you want to sing. We'll sing it. How are you doing? I'm, do- I'm doing really good. I'm uh, doing better now that I sang. Yeah. And warmed up my face. So How are you doing? I'm better now that I'm seeing you. We have been taking, I gave Lisa Brooke up for Lent. You're such a failed Catholic. <laughs> Lent doesn't come until March. I know, but for the Jews. Oh, the Jews did it first. Wow, 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 wow. We gave we up. We are chosen. I've been chosen for so long. Didn't see each other because your dad had a uh, my an dad, accident. My dad had a slip. He slipped on the ice and he broke three vertebrae. Two oh. in his neck, one in his back, and it's been a month of intense um intense hospital time during during covid it, yeah it, during the new omnipotus cron variant i really hope the next one has a fun name yeah what were some of the ones we came up with um well bob we liked bob kelly it's still simple yeah um, but then we want we want them to be like uh Fastabox or something. Uh, vibraphone. Oh, that's down on those vibraphones. Something easy, though, easy to say. Something that starts strong and finishes easy, right? Uh, like, grab a tan. Oh. You know, like. Klimter tazzed. That's hard from beginning to end. Oh, shit. And in the middle of the Imagine all the people like, oh my God, I have to say that over and over again. So, which variant do you have? Klimter's ass. Uh, you didn't even say it right the second time. No. So, <laughs> so not note to people naming variants, Shoshana Sperling is not to be no, asked. No, let's not hire dyslexic people to come up with the variant names. I don't think they hire people to come up with those names, but that would no, be a I think great that's a, job. Do you think they would be a great job, a yeah. focus group? You know the uh, the comets and the, and the stars, right, yeah. get named after the people who discover them? Yeah. But a variant... No. That could kill you is not something you want named no. after you. Just ask Lou Gehrig. I hated it when people would say, oh, yeah, you know what his sign is? He's a cancer. Oh, oh, that's a bit of a downer. Yeah, it is a, <laughs> it's a downer. Oh, he's a cancer. But it's the, <laughs> Which you know, cancer is my it? daughter is a cancer. <laughs> yeah. And I like to say yeah. that she's the bright side of cancer. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. I like to say it. Goes, Mom, shut up. That's so stupid. How could you possibly silver lining this? You know, I'm in that phase now of like, like eye rolls that start in your teeth, like, and go right back <laughs> to the top of your neck. Okay, I've been eye rolling. She eye rolls me, and I'm like, you're yeah. gonna break your face. Check eye this out. If you at brand new pubes, so. This uh, is I don't like, check this out. Brand new pubes. Shoshana did not no, just show not me her pubes. You. But the thing is, when the they hit a certain age, they start to get brand new pubes. Right. And I think actually, this is manufactured by Gaia or God or Durga or whatever. And the brand new pubes are the beginning of the eye roll. So the, the, uh, they, they 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 stimulate. They the curl eye roll. down there and they curl all the way up to the right. eye roll. I get it. And when kids start rolling their eyes, you're like, ah, you guys got brand new pubes. Looks like somebody's got some new pubes. 
I've come up with a theory, right. and it's a tip. Okay. So my tip. A theory and a tip. A tip and a theory. A theory, a theory and a tip, tip and a tip and, and a theory. theory. Okay. What happens is people are worried about COVID. Yep. They're right. Um, and so everybody's wearing a mask. Good for them. Do it. Um, but it's cold out. Yeah. So this is my tip. Okay. I After some serious experimentation, because I go to the hospital a lot and I have to wear the K95, which sounds like a mask for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> K95. <laughs> but no, it stops. It stops it. you from biting, too. It's like, it's not fully bite-proof. <laughs> Just like the Baskerville mask. <laughs> not bite-proof. Okay, so what happens is... I find that when it's really cold, yeah. I'm not wearing a scarf. Right. I'm wearing the K19 or yep. whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> K19. M95. The right? widow killer. Right. The one where the submarine goes deep and right. everyone's Russian. Thank you, Dmitry Chepovetsky. Uh, what happens is I fart. Uh-huh. The fart comes up through my coat. Uh-huh. And if I'm not wearing a scarf, it goes directly into my mask. I breathe my own fart. And you eat it. Eat I your eat your own fart, and I'm like, because I am long haul COVID, I'm like, what is that smell? Somebody's making something delicious. Oh, that's just is terrible. someone making Korean ribs? No, <laughs> no exactly what no. happens. Letters. Did Letters. someone just open a bag no. of Cool Ranch Doritos? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or just a bag of regular chips. Like okay. when you open a bag of regular chips, it's... it does smell like a fart right off the top. So my concern is. Not my concern. My tip is wear a scarf because the scarf sucks up the fart before it can get to your mask. Or alternatively, if you're outside, pull the mask off your face when you fart because the fart comes up, it goes around your neck like a scarf, and you don't eat it. This is... I should cut this. This is one of those like little life hacks that you may or may not. Do need. you think Brene Brown? But you've got it in your back pocket, you Brene y'all. Brown and her sisters are like, let's do that part one. When I was a little kid, okay, yeah, <laughs> my mother would pick me up from daycare, right? And she was trying to teach me how to tie my shoes. But I was one of those kids who was like, why would I... T-? This is pre-Velcro. Um, I mean, it was probably invented, but nobody was doing we it. We can't be sure. We weren't doing it for shoes. This is... Unless we go to the internet, which we want. No. So go ahead. This was cassette player time when we oh, did... Oh, so- just on the outsies of eight tracks. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, pre-Velcro. Right. And um, my mom was like, put on... I'm going to teach you how to tie your shoes. I was like, why would I learn that when you're here? Like, you're right here. Why would I... Right. Like, just do it. Just tie my shoe. Just what the fuck. Right. Anyway, I never said that. So she was like, no, I'm going to teach you how to do it. So I would look over at the other moms, and the other moms would be like, and the bunny rabbit goes around, all the way around the hole, mm-hmm. and then the bunny goes into the hole, and then you pull it tight, and then the bunny rabbit, something about a bunny rabbit. Two ears. Hole. Yeah, that's well, the I don't two know. ears. I don't yeah. know the story. But my mom was like, and now I'm going to teach you about dialectics. You go around, each lace is the same length. Pull them tight so that they're matching same length. Mm. And then you tie one, pull it tight, contract. Then pull around, one loops, and then the other goes around to make a loop. And now this is this this is dialectics. I was like, huh, where's the fucking bunny rabbit? Like I feel Yeah. A little bring bit. back the bunny rabbit that got cold. <laughs> 
That's why you were not allowed in sandbox. I mean, so, I mean, yes, true. My parents had a different way. I was taught about capitalism because we had fish. And my mom would say, see the big fish? It's a little fish. Capitalism. Capitalism. Right? Yeah. But <laughs> dialectics, all, only, whenever anyone talks about dialectics, all I think is, I got to get my shoes on. Okay. Well, <laughs> d- what, would you, what would you say if I told you that dialectic thinking could save your life? I should get, like, Australian boots where you just pull it up with the little loop at the back. No, you need those boots with the laces because you need your life saved. Tell me, what the hell is dialectic? Okay, well, that's the first part of dialectic thinking is you need to understand what it is. So dialectic thinking is um, being able to hold space between two opposing realities, Mm -hmm. being able to hold space in the middle. So, you know, it's the opposite of black or white thinking. It is shades of gray, right? 50. Well, you count them at your own leisure. My, I'm going to a really dark. Love it. Really dark place, but um, my aunt went on a ship. Um, The ship sunk, but there were some survivors. I don't know if my aunt is one of them yet. She may be gone, but she may still be here. Right. So dialectic thinking. You're looking at two, accepting two two possibilities, right? Which is also, and you're going to be mad, ambiguous loss. Oh, we're going to devote a whole show to ambiguous loss. (laughs) I don't want to go there now, but yes, it is ambiguous loss. Exactly. Um, Being okay with the idea that one reality is in play but it may be usurped by another reality i found i find dialectics really interesting because i teach improvisation Mm. and one of the tenets of dialectic thinking is we don't use the word but we use and and that is such an important part of improvisation right yes and and teaching people not to yes and is the philosophy that uh, when someone steps forward on stage and makes an offer of starting a scene, the next person steps forward with an yes and response, which is tacitly agreeing to the information that the first person put forward in their offer and building on it with a new piece of information so that the scene continues to move forward, doesn't stagnate and get stuck. Because if I just went, yep, there'd be no, like, no advancement. Or right? if you went, but... Then I would be negating everything that was just said. Right. Right? So yes, we and. use and. Dialectic thinking asks you to be flexible, which is huge in improvisation. It's also huge in life. Oh, yeah. Because if you, if you don't have to know or be absolute, anything can happen. What's being left out of my understanding of this situation? Right? Because um, let's take it in the let's take it back to a, a relationship thing. Okay. 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 Um, two people have a fight, right? And both of them feel that they're right. And to be honest, if one person can hold the position that both people, both of us are right, then there is no actual wrong being committed. We are just 
in a shade of gray. Like you have a feeling because of based on your experience. Right. And I have a feeling based on my experience. So we're both right coming from our different perspectives. Right. You know? Like if we have a But dis- there's no solution in that. Well, the solution is to stay flexible, to keep dialectic right. thinking. And I think when you go into an argument with a friend dialectical and- thinking. Okay. I just caught my grammar and I wanted to. Okay. And so when you go into an argument with a friend, it's like it's like saying, I really believe in what I'm saying, but because I love this person, yes, I'm going to remain flexible and I'm going to hear them. Yeah. And I'm going to hear them out and I'm going to consider what they're saying. Yeah. Because if the entire time they're talking, I'm just waiting for them sh- to shut up so I can say I'm right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's the belief that there is always more than one side, right? right? That's kind of scientific, isn't it? Right. I mean, that's that's a scientific principle. Like, every action has an e- equal opposite reaction. So my intent is ne- not necessarily going to cause the outcome that I expect. Right. So you can take all your information, lay it out on the table, mm-hmm. and consider it. Yeah. But I think what I love about this is that there doesn't have to be an answer. No. And you know what that is? What? When you are in a suspended state where there doesn't have to be an answer, but you believe two people or two situations can coexist, my friend, you have arrived at faith. (gasps) Right? Really? So it's sort of beautiful because, like, if I apply it to religion, Yeah. um, if If I think... I'm I'm praying to God, whatever my idea of God is, that's what I'm praying to. But that might not be what God is. Mm. But I keep I know I feel my prayers are going somewhere. I feel the energy in my body that comes from prayer. Right? Right. So I'm praying. No it's possible that there's nobody to hear my prayers. But I believe that there, someone might be hearing my prayers or something might be hearing my prayers. And so I have faith. Right. It's like your aunt falling off the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. Like the more I think about dialectic thinking, dialectical thinking, the more I think it's the only way to survive, you know, like... Look at what's just happened in our lives in the mm-hmm, last two mm-hmm, years. Mm-hmm. Our whole lives were based on capitalism. Like the restaurant industry has been around forever, and it's based on people going out mm-hmm. and just the knowledge that people want to gather together and eat food and be in that ambiance. But we can't have it now. No. So it just stopped right that but we belief. have faith give us a problem we can't solve no. it but we, we can, can sing, sing about it, it. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't solve it no no we that's never not solve it. we don't but We're, we'll sing it yeah we'll sing it not solve, solve it. it hey you guys my name's sharon matthews and you may have seen me this is the part where i promo myself uh in things like mean girls the movie where i played joan the secretary or hairspray the movie where i danced with john travolta or maybe from my four seasons on frankie drake mysteries now you have to put on your thinking caps for this part i want you to sit back and really have a bit of a think 
Have you spent your whole lifetime not saying things that you wanted to say? Things that were just on the tip of your tongue? Well, I have, and I also haven't at the same time. But I realize now that I'm a 53-year-old woman that I have had enough. And I am on a blog, and I hate that word. I made a blog called How Very Dare She. And I talk about things like perimenopause. I talk about body issues, fat phobia, dating when you're 53, and um, other things too that you might find interesting. And these ladies, Shoshana and Lisa, have given me the moment to tell you to come to my blog, which is at SharonMatthews.com. Sharon with two R's, Matthews with two T's, and then pick How Very Dare She, a blog. I know, sometimes you just go to say what it is. You can pick that from the drop-down and follow me. Subscribe even. Help with my analytics. I'm just a Canadian gal trying to win you over one person at a time. Come read my stuff. People are digging it, you guys. I've had over 200,000 views in the last year. And in Canadian numbers, that's like a billion. So check me out. SharonMatthews.com. Sharon with two R's. Matthews with two T's. And then pick How Very Dare She from the drop down. Also, that little song playing underneath. Slave for you. That's me singing down there. So if you want to go to Apple, the iTunes, or the Spotify, I'm on there. Sharon Matthews, party girl. Sharon with two R's, Matthews with two T's. It's from a while ago. So we had a fun Saturday night mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. We did an IG Live with Teresa Pavlinic. Teresa Pavlinic. Check it out on at Orange is the New Parkdale on Instagram. And uh, then we watched, we got all ready for bed, and we watched a fantastic blockbuster movie called The Wisdom of Trauma, starring Gabor Mate. (laughs) Or, and you can now get in Vancouver, a Mate Latte. Yeah. Just a Gabor Latte. You actually can get a a Mate mate Latte. latte. (gasps) Oh, I wonder how. And it's just got fuzzy eyebrow sprinkles on top. So cute. So eyebrows. I learned so much from that film. Yeah, that was a fun Saturday. It was just popcorn and tears. So the thing I loved about and the light bulb that went on for me in that movie was just like dialectical thinking is really a perception shift. Right. It doesn't and I people do this all the time. God damn it, we do it all the time to talk ourselves into like if you want to have a reward, you look at your thing. Oh, I don't deserve that cupcake. But hold on a second. I'm going to look at the evidence. I did a lot of working out today. Yeah, I climbed a yeah, lot of stairs yeah, yeah. and I haven't had any treats for four days. I deserve that cupcake. Now getting that cupcake is like not only possible, it's a great idea, right? Yeah. yeah. So that perception shift is such, I think, an important part of dialectical thinking. And it, I was so um, blown away by the movie, the part of last night where Gabor Mate is speaking to this woman in her late 50s, maybe early 60s, and she's talking about her depression. She's talking about all the things that have gone wrong in her life. After the depression, she felt that her life fell apart, and he listens to her for a long time, and then he says to her, so it sounds to me like depression saved your life. And just in that moment, she shifted and realized that her depression came and then she was able to view her life up up until then, before the depression, as it really was. Um, all the things that had uh, her living against her design, her living um, to be making choices for other people, to make other systems, outdated systems yep. in her family. Yep. 
trauma that or they like, had suffered or living... possible and to live forward. And so suddenly she realized, oh my God, my depression did save my life. I'm now having a conversation with Gabor fucking Mate and he is pointing out all my triumphs to me. Yeah. It was just incredible. I think what got me was this notion that we live our lives. So you have the trauma, but the trauma is not the problem. It's right. the way you deal with the trauma. That's it. That's the problem. And I think what happens is we have the trauma, and then we spend our entire lives trying not to feel it. Yes. <laughs> and, and trying not to show anyone that we've experienced no, trauma when no. everyone could benefit from our experience. Because everyone has it. You know that, and you know that as soon as you start talking to somebody who has experienced trauma and you're telling them a little bit of yours yeah. and they light up because they recognize yeah. that they're not fucked up. That they're that not other alone. people experience that's it. it. And that's yeah. why support groups are so freaking awesome. Yeah. And I, I love that I tried not to swear there for the first time in my life. Freaking. Yeah. Uh, Good for you. Because <laughs> I had. I, I believed it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's like, I'm going to drink and I'm going to do all these things so that I don't have to feel. And then you find other people who are like, hey, I also want to drink and do all these fucked up things so I don't have to feel. Let's do that together so we feel like then that becomes a support group of of shit, right? But I think it's like when somebody's going through hell and you say, hey, I did that and and I survived it. And I'm, I'm not telling you it's easy. It's awful. But I'm telling you there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And when I was going through my divorce... I can't tell you how many women came out of the uh-huh. woodwork and told mm-hmm. me that. Women I didn't know, women I, I, I you know, I can't, like, on Facebook, friends of a friends of a friend. And the fact that they were compelled to reach out to me, I yeah. was so touched. Um, but I will say that that, even though they said it, I was like, how long? How long? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really difficult yeah. to be... Um, like you said it, no matter how shitty this is, I promise you there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard to see that light yeah. sometimes. But like that's... it's so much easier to go back to the same things that always work and numb the pain because mm-hmm. that works right away as opposed to heading towards that light that's somewhere in yeah. the distance. Do you mean like I could just have a drink and not feel anything or I would just have to feel this yeah. for all this time? And, that, and, and, and when you're in pain and going through it, any kind of trauma – um, or the time after the trauma, it is that mystical time. It doesn't, you can't really mark it until yeah. it's over. And then yeah. you can look back and go, remember mm-hmm. how bad that was? Yeah. So, uh, and this talks, this speaks to dialectical thinking again, too, because dialectical thinking is about not believing that things are doomed to be the way they are. Mm. There is space between acceptance and change, right? Acceptance that I have a problem, but I'm not at the changed place yet where I don't have the problem anymore. I'm in that place, right? So I could go one way or I could go the other. And it's okay to be in the middle here, to be right. in the place between acceptance of not knowing. and change. Of not knowing. Of yeah. the, they always say... Um, being okay or being something with uncertainty. Yeah. Okay, there's a better way to say, say it. Say it again. Being something with uncertainty. That's exactly the way. <laughs> I, being comfortable with uncertainty. Oh, it's not Pema. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure. It's Pema, the woman down the street. Pam? 
Uh, that's how she is. Yeah. <laughs> the last episode we talked about forgiveness. Yeah. And so let's think about how dialectical thinking applies to our forgiveness situation in in our specific relationships. So you have had this long journey mm-hmm. with your ex where we described the beginning, right, as the bomb going off and, uh-huh. and that all that pain mm-hmm. and the, the debris flying through the air in that stage is so devastating. You can't really do anything but survive. You get down, get low, <laughs> you know, hold yourself and survive. That takes a long time to get through that period. And you don't know when it's over until it's over and you know. You know, that's it. And it's not finite because little pieces of shrapnel can come out of nowhere and just nick a major artery or whatever. You can have multiple relapses. But I think you get to a point where you know, and I think you're there now. You've Mm -hmm. been there for a while where you realize I'm fine. Not only am I fine, but I might be a lot better. Right. Right? So I'm like. Yeah. I do feel that. Here. So the the action, mm-hmm. the, the betrayal that mm-hmm. was done to you is actually now coming back to you and starting to look like a gift, if yeah. you will. Like a terrible, shittily given, terrible ceremony, awful <laughs> wrapping gift. Yeah. But it has led to this, where you are now. Yes. So yeah. the dialectical thinking would be... Um, you can get better. There is there is a way for you to rise beyond this experience of uh, trauma and you're having big trauma in your life and coming out better than you ever were before, right? Because so of that trauma. Because of the trauma. Yeah. I look at my life before mm-hmm. and I thought I was happy. Yes, and but now the way I feel is is so much better. And then I think, what if in five years I look at the time that's now? I don't feel elated, and I don't feel in the dungeon. I feel just going, and it's good. And also, you really almost mm-hmm. died this past year. Yes. So you know what actual. Death is, right? When they, and it's not somebody yeah. breaking up your marriage. That, in fact, has led to an amazing new life. Yeah, like you. when, you know, in um, Spinal Tap, when they're standing at Elvis's grave and he says, a little bit too much fucking perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. But I think it, it has that thing. I was saying, like, I, w- I was putting a post on Instagram and I wanted to write, fuck COVID, hashtag fuck COVID. And then I was like, yeah, I don't feel that. Like, yeah. I actually feel hashtag thank you COVID. And I know it's a horrible thing to say and lots and lots of people have died and awful things have come of it. And we have divided our society on so many political issues. But for me, for myself, I thank COVID mm-hmm. because it every breath is sacred. Yeah, you know what it's really every like single to time I be breathe, now. it feels I am so happy for that clear 
breath. Yeah. I am so happy for a day now that I'm less uh, chronic fatigue. I'm so happy for a day that I make it through it without napping. Yeah. I have, and th- these are little blessings, but it, it's sort of that thing of like the memes of gratitude. Oh, gratitude. But in truth, I, I really know what gratitude yeah. is. Yeah. I really, really feel it. Yeah. And I, I think that is like looking at your perspective yeah. It has just shifted, right? Yeah. And getting back to trauma, we, we've talked about this before, but the, the wisdom of trauma is that it's a teacher. Michael Fanone, one of the Capitol Hill mm-hmm. police staff who was tased with his own taser, they took his gun, they said kill him with his own gun, they beat him. He had to quit the police. He now speaks about traumatic stress disorder, and he said... Trauma has been my greatest teacher because it created the conditions that made it ready, made me ready to learn. Right? right. And in fact, it reminds me of the retreat in that you have to be almost shocked into waking up. Yeah. Right. You're screaming or you're hitting or whatever it is, you're shocked out of your protection. Right. Out of the, the protections. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. we protect ourselves so much for so long. This is how we've survived. Yeah. By hiding, by protecting, by wearing a face, by pretending we're somebody we're not. That's how we've survived. And you need to have some kind of a shock almost. And I'm not saying go out there and jump in front of a car or like ayahuasca or what. Like if you want to, go ahead. I'm a little bit nervous about that. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take it. You keep any saying ayahuasca. it. The- I watched it in the <laughs> Wisdom of Trauma last night and, yeah. and, or, and I got it. I got why people Do use it? plant medicine. And the thing is, I just don't feel like I'm really going to confront anything there that's going to surprise me. You know, like I think. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I, I think I my spirit it. guides will show up and just go. So uh, keep going. Yeah. Keep going at it. Doing great. Uh, uh, pick it up really a bit. I don't really have any <laughs> big surprises for you, but uh, keep it up. Yeah. You know, you don't need to. Also, you shouldn't have done this because you're shitting and vomiting simultaneously. What are you doing with this stuff? And mm. I'd be like, I know, but. Sorry, I, saw wisdom trauma. I just love. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to back heal having, you guys. I'm having a mate latte. <laughs> we talk about forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who has wronged you, mm-hmm. that wrong doesn't cease to exist because just because you um, have forgiven them, but now you're in a new place where you build on information from the wrong to reach forgiveness and you can continue to love that person. Dialectic thinking. I look at COVID. I look at um, this year in pandemic that we're locked in and I see how it's it's allowed me time to think and, and um, mm-hmm. to have blessings and to develop ritual, things that have really grounded me. And it came from the trauma of pandemic that we're all going through. It did. You know, and I think if we look around at, so for me right now, my dad's in the hospital and it's been awful. Because COVID has created a new level of restriction and made it less possible for you to see your dad or anybody else. Less possible for me to have support as I'm going through it. Less possible for me to support my dad with other people because only two of us are allowed to go into the hospital and then when there was an outbreak on the floor, nobody was allowed to go. It's been really, really difficult. But I, but I want to say in the dialectical thinking, 
the time that I have had with my dad, I will never forget. Yeah. I have I will never forget the wordless conversations that we have shared. I will never forget reading to him and holding his hand and doing his nails and shaving him, taking care of him in a way that I wanted to be taken care of. Uh-huh. Um and having like clearing the noise out. Mm-hmm. Like there's no phones, there's no this, there's it's just me and him. Yep. And we are just in our physical beings because there's nothing but me trying to keep him breathing. Yeah. And um and I felt in those moments like if he goes, he goes. Mm-hmm. And if he stays, he stays. But I have had this. Yeah. And I am able to look back at my life with him and be so full of that love. Like I I just his face looking at me and us looking at each other and me telling him stories, me singing to him, me like I can't there has never been another time in my life that I had that with him. And you survived COVID for that. And I survived COVID for that. And I do believe that as my COVID started to get better, my dad got sick. And I know this sounds like witchy, witchy, hoony, hoony, harapakas. I'm right here yeah, for it. it. I'm, I'm right, right here, here for it. it. Um, right at that moment, I felt like lately I've been feeling like it was all preparation. Yes. Well, and in some it ways, is. I felt like my mother's death prepared me to live through the death of my marriage. Like things like that. You know, when you know, I lost my, you remember, I lost my mom when I was 27 mm-hmm. and lost my dad when I was 30. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking back at it. Like I have always looked back at it like that. Like I feel mm-hmm. I have experienced more death and did it earlier than a lot of my friends did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you were cutting edge. Yeah, I like to, you know, uh, I don't phone it in is what I'm saying. Um, but th- I felt that that was a gift. That was preparation. And I have always felt like the uh, the point of living is mm-hmm. to get lighter, is to get lighter and lighter and lighter. Think about like healing trauma, mm-hmm. right? Healing generational trauma. What happens when you heal generational trauma? You create lightness for everyone who lives after in that in that bloodline right, right. and it's, so it's they so take beautiful. something less into their parenting and their kids take some get lighter so our only job as humans on this planet is to just make a small improvement if you can bite off a bigger chunk fantastic but if you can just commit to making a small improvement over the last Mm-hmm. cast of your family, <laughs> yeah, you know, on the stage, then we're moving towards... And in a sense... We're moving towards enlightenment. And in a sense, we're freeing the last cast. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, like, maybe that's the only responsibility. Yeah. Is to make sure you're just healing the last guys. Yeah, but by releasing the, the, last the, ne- the yeah. next guys. Yeah. I love that. Right? I love that. So when I look back at my relationship, my relationship that ended over a year ago, I can see a whole new reality now. I can see that he 
had asked for this relationship to end earlier, but I didn't hear it because I didn't want it. So when he made it clear, I, everything crumbled. And that's the way I had to go through it because I had to figure out why I couldn't hear it in the first place. What had happened that I was so out of touch with my instinct and my understanding mm. and my heart and my, like, just my sense of what I wanted. I didn't know what I Me wanted. Me too. Right? And you said, the, you said earlier, how many years had he been thinking, oh, I don't want to do this? Yeah. And... I think that too. How many years had my relationship, my ex, been thinking I don't want to be in this, and I had been going, we just we just keep going, like it's what we yeah. do, just keep going because that's what people do, right? Same, same thing. And so for me to look at it, and for you to look at it, and go, thank God, yes, he had a fucking breakdown so that I can live a full life rather than a half life. Thank God, he felt that he couldn't stay silent anymore. Yeah. And he told me in the worst possible place, in the <laughs> quietest time, when there was nowhere for me to go and nothing for me to do but hear it and really hear it. Yeah. Right? Thank God. I really heard it. Yeah. And it hurt. But it's that dialectical thinking of like, it really hurt, but it had to happen. Yeah. And I think that that's true. The relationships that have ended, and I said it in our last episode, I thank those people yeah. for releasing me. And with my ex, he didn't, you know, he wasn't the impetus that changed it. It was somebody on the outside who, in a sense, unlocked him. It gave him the key to yes. his own um and therefore unlocked mine. And for a long time, I had such hate for this person. And now I can say, hashtag thank you, right? Yep. And to her too. And I can hashtag all these things. They're just tiny X's and O's setups. This is more about how you feel about hashtags, <laughs> okay. I think. Yeah, I wish my relationship hadn't ended like that. Yeah. Or it hadn't hurt so but much. But if it hadn't. I wish my mom was still here to this day. Hold on a second, though, and just about your relationship. If it hadn't hurt that bad, much, yeah, you're right. You wouldn't have craved the healing so much and gone after it with such intensity, you know? And that's why you are where you are. And that's why you're able to do what you're doing for your family. Yeah. So dialectical thinking. Right. Even our shittiest moments like our biggest turds in life so how serve can serve up something so beautiful such a uh, but is that just polishing turds is that just saying oh i got uh the seagull shit on me it's good luck no you know it, i don't think i don't so. think so because it's like because it's more than good luck you took the shit that came that the bird shit on your head you took that shit and you went I'm changing my shirt. I never liked this shirt anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a bath. I needed to take a break. I was going too fast. Like it's... Yeah, it's more... Um, active. And it's this getting back to the science thing again, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I love so much. It's an action and an equal opposite reaction, right? So an equal opposite reaction is not to go, oh, that's good luck. That's not an action. That's a thought. It's it's no, not. No. But the yeah. 
I'm going to change my life and be better. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to start with the shirt. I'm going to change everything and be better. Yeah. When my ex left, one of the things that I did obsessively was change everything in the house. I remember. Yeah. And I was obsessive to the point of exhaustion. Get rid of that. Get rid of the paint color. Get rid of the curtains. Get rid of... We bought that together. We picked that out together. I remember the day I remember. And I had to get rid of it all. Now I don't feel so much like that mm -hmm. because I'm able to look at that stuff and be okay with it. And I think that that's the place that I'd like to be. I'd like to look at him and have love for him and accept the fact that I might not forgive him. Yep. So Kent, this is my question. Mm. Can you love somebody without forgiving them? Hmm. I would say <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I think lots of people <laughs> I think people's definition of forgiveness is different. Right. Right? I don't think forgiveness, I don't think you can finitely give it. Because dialectical thinking, I forgive you, but every now and then that thing that you did flares up and it hurts me. And I'm not going to feel bad that I feel hurt today from that thing that you did, even though I'm past it. It just, that's how life is. And that kind of thing is hard to not feel guilty about. I think if you're going with this idea that you completely forgive somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? But then I look at my life and I think I for, I don't forgive my mom for a lot of the things that she did, but I love her. And I love her madly, but I forgive some of them. Yeah. Because now I yes. can see what she was going through as I reach these ages and go through all these things, like these parallel. You experience what she experienced. Now I forgive her because I have empathy. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I was like, why the fuck did she do this? Now right. I'm like, I know why. I wish I could tell her, I see. I see why you did these things and I right. forgive you. There are some things, in a way it's like forgiving our, our relatives, our ancestors for not doing the work of healing. Yeah. So that I we mean, could be healed. But, absolutely. But that's like what you were just saying. So then let's do it now healing. for the next Yeah, guys. that's yeah. right. And yeah. then you're not yeah. tying up. You know, we talked about epigenetics, right? And yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. Uh, the study of um, generational trauma, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they did it on mice, lab mice. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just removing that sting of betrayal. Yeah. So that... You know, uh, say my daughter is broken up with mm -hmm. in the same way that I get got broken up with by her father. I'm able to now have the perspective to say to her, you know, hold hold on to this feeling that and this knowledge that in time you won't feel like this. The way you feel now is not finite. You're gonna. Like those women it. who came to me when my relationship exactly. ended. And so many of them. Yeah. What what I always thought was so beautiful is how compelled they were mm -hmm. to reach out to a well, stranger. It is, it's this really important lesson. Like that yes. there's no pain like that. No, there's and no you, pain like and that. And you want to. It's almost like I as I said to you once, um, hold on, hold on to yourself. This is gonna hurt like hell. 
I don't think I said that. <laughs> I think you might have said like hell, not like how. How. Um, yeah, I think Sarah that's McLaughlin really interesting number. that that. <laughs> I think that's really interesting that the women, that women come forward and do that for each other. That that's the village, right? That, yeah, that knowledge that this is really bad. It's such a. And they, specific pain. Yeah, and they say, I know what I needed, so I'm going to pass it along. I yeah. don't know if men do that. I mean, I would hope so, but I don't I don't know that we have that same thing. I remember being pregnant and women coming up to me and saying, oh, what do you do? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, they always want to yeah. share, you know, it really helped me with the, you, tr- you should try Tums and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's stick that, an eggplant up your butt. It really helps. <laughs> oh, cabbage leaves. Uh-huh. Oh. I'll sit on, uh, sit on, um, witch uh, hazel. Yeah, sit on witch hazel or just roll out some parchment paper and butter it and then lie on and it. And then, but, but also color the butter and then put it and then frame it and then sell it. Get Do some a pop up shop, out. but then top it up and then pop up shop. <laughs> and then pop shop. Uh, pop, <laughs> pop up pop shop. I love it when people say a mom and pop shop. It's a mom and pop pop. It's a mom and pop 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 up shop. And then I always think, oh. like, it's a mom and pop 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 up shop. But then you got to get all the stuff out of your the sides of your your cheeks. A it's, mom and pop 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 up shop. It's a mom and pop pop <laughs> pop up shop. I would hate to be the person who had to do the the voiceover for that commercial. <laughs> Welcome to Mom and Pops, the mom and pop 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 up shop, <laughs> where you can get a pop. parchment with somebody's asshole on it. <laughs> Let's do cards. Okay. Okay, I got them right here. Oh, look at what card I pulled. That's your favorite card, isn't it? It's one of them. Yeah. This is the crone. I love the crone. She's a hand. It's a hand holding a raven. And it's like the hand and the raven are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And Oh, it's true. And this is in the trilogy of the maiden... Mother Crone archetype series, and she's the third and the last um, point that that women get to in their lifetime, in their life cycle. Yeah. yeah, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. I think we're in it now, aren't we? Oh, for sure, we're croning it up royal over here. <laughs> okay. What do you think it means in this? In this? Well, let me read it first. Okay, go ahead. The Crone has seen it all. Nothing frightens or surprises her. She is the final manifestation in the feminine trifecta of Maiden Mother Crone. What did I say? Trilogy. Uh, In her long life, she's witnessed endless cycles of death, sex, failure, rebirth, conflict, and regeneration, giving her the ability to rise above the world of duality. She laughs at notions of good or bad, right or wrong, as she has seen the earth churning, smoldering, taking life, and giving life. The crone energy accepts everything in, devouring beauty and suffering with the same mouth, using their energy to reveal hidden truths, hidden secrets, and knowledge. Her energy rises, her energy resides in all of us, though it is feared by most for its power and unconventional relationship with death and the macabre. Awakening the crone is dangerously rich and unapologetically magic. So... I think this is about self-mastery because we reach this point in our lives where we've had so many experiences and it's like trauma, right? We've had so many traumas. We have the wisdom of trauma and we know that life is not um, 
finished sending us scary things, but right now we might be okay. And based on our past experience, we've been able to handle things. So we're just going to keep going. Just going to keep going. Beauty and sadness, devouring it with the same mouth. Well, that is so dialectical mm -hmm. because it's, it's the duality. It's the duality. Do you love pop, but you don't want to buy it from a big box store? Well, we're a mom and pop shop who makes pop but can't settle on staying in the same location. Hi. Come on in to the mom and pop pop pop-up shop. <laughs> <laughs> Backsplash. Thorn whip. Be careful of witch bolt. Watch out for thunder wave. Fire sphere. Acid splash. Butter tart. Rip shits. <laughs> <laughs> The mom and pop in pop-up shop. I put the mom and pop in the pop-up shop. And I put the pop in the pop-up shop because I'm the pop in the pop-up shop. <laughs>